Welcome to another episode of Black on Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Banker. How's everybody doing? Everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. Hope everybody's staying safe and washing those hands and covering those mouths and, you know, just doing the essential things that we all should be doing um, during this crucial time that uh, we are all living through right now. Now, I let's just jump right into it today. So... There was an interesting post by the NHL the other day. I believe it was maybe Thursday. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen it or are probably going to go to it as soon as I mention it. But they did a redraft of, it was the 2008 NHL entry draft. And they've been doing a lot of these lately, which I don't mind. I like to see those what-if scenarios. I'm sure a lot of us do as well. Um and if you don't remember correctly, uh, the Lightning do did have the first overall pick in that draft, and they ended up taking Steven Stamkos with that pick. And in the redraft, though, which was very interesting, and I would love to hear everybody's opinions. Of course, as always, go to the Locked On Lightning Gmail account at lockedonlightning at gmail dot com or tweet to us at lo underscore lightning and. They, in the redraft, they had, instead of Steven Stamkos, and maybe this is just because the writers or whomever uh, put this whole thing together, they saw it as, um, you know, for for his stability and for the amount of games he's played in his career, uh, they had the Lightning redrafting and taking Drew Doughty with the first overall pick, who, of course, Drew Doughty, if you're looking at that, went second overall right after Stamkos to the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, maybe that's just because their logical thinking was that maybe just because he, other than for maybe one season, Drew Doughty. Yeah, there was one season where Drew Doughty was hurt. He only played 48 games. But other than that, he's pretty much been a uh, reliable player. And I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like, are you really going to give up 400 plus goals um, for a defenseman who's only had 117 goals in his career? And I'm not taking anything away from Drew Doughty. I think he's one of the best defensemen in the league still. But, you know, you can't, I don't think at that point in time, especially with a, a scorer like Steven Stamkos, that you were going to take a defenseman instead. But that does pose a little interesting question, a little what if. And that is, what What if they did take uh, Drew Doughty? What if they, they passed up on a prolific scorer like Steven Stamkos and they took they decided to take a defenseman, which I don't think would have been a bad idea at the same time. I mean, I'm trying to play both sides here. I'm trying to talk myself into what if they ended up did taking Drew Doughty, how would things maybe would have changed that? Because, you know, we like to play that what if game here at Lockdown Lightning. And you've if you're a regular listener to the show, I like to play that game a lot more than usual sometimes. But, yeah, what if they took Drew Doughty? Does that mean in the following draft that they don't take Victor Hedman? Uh, Of course, in in that following draft in 2009, the Lightning ended up taking Victor Hedman with the, I believe it was the second overall pick. Yes, it was the second overall pick. Yeah, uh, that was the draft where John Tavares went first overall the Islanders. And then it was Victor Hedman. So let's just play the what-if game here. So let's say the Lightning do end up taking Drew Daddy. Now, 
there, I don't really see a scenario unless they really feel at that point that they need another defenseman, which is, you know, which is fine. You know, I don't mind having defensemen as long as they could score, of course. I mean, but you got to look at other players that were in that draft. So the Lightning are sitting at the number two overall spot, you know, in the 2009 draft. They're sitting there at their selection table and they're wondering, all right, Tavares just went first. There was zero chance that he was going to fall to us unless we traded up. But we have a good chance to maybe get a scorer now. Now, who do we get? We need a scorer to help us kind of put to pair up on the same line, I guess, if you will, with Dowdy while he's on the ice. So let's take a look at some of the scorers, and maybe you guys have your pick. Um, and this is the scenario where the Lightning have decided we're not going to take a defenseman. So Victor Hedman's off the table, as painful as that sounds. And trust me, I I think Victor Hedman is the heart and soul of his team right now, other than Steven Stamkos. He's played absolutely incredible for this team, especially when Stamkos was out of the lineup, as well as the other missing players with Jan Ruda and Ryan McDonough being out for as long as they are. Uh, so let's just take a look at some of the players. Uh, I'll list where they were originally drafted, of course. And then we'll uh, we'll we'll try to maybe find our way. So who do, you, who do you think the Lightning would probably take? So drafted after Hedman in this draft by the Colorado Avalanche was Matt Duchesne. And then it goes Evander Kane, Braden Shen, Oliver ekman Larson. Nazim Kadri. Uh, I'm not going to go through every name. I'm just going to go through some of the notable players. Uh, Ryan Ellis, Zach Cassian, Nick Letty, uh, Chris Kreider, John Moore, Kyle Palmieri. Rounds out the first round draft picks for, I guess, notable players at that time. Um, we'll, we'll get into uh, who else maybe they, they missed out on eventually. We'll go with that uh, as well. But out of that group of players and i'm assuming that a lot of those players it was kind of already figured out that all those players were going in the first round it was just a matter of where and when they were going to be picked so i guess if i'm the lightning gm and i'm sitting at the table and i'm thinking we need a score my best bet is probably to go after matt duchene at that point in time now of course he hasn't had an out like an incredibly NHL career up to this point, but we're just going off that point in time, of course, not knowing. But the one player other, if you said you could draft any other player out of that first round, uh, other than Victor Hedman, uh, who would you take? And I said, I was thinking about this for a little bit, and I probably have to say Oliver ekman Larson. He's absolutely incredible. He's been the heart and soul of that Coyotes team. Um, ever since Shane Doan retired and kind of passed the torch over to him. So, yeah, I would have to go with Oliver ekman Larson. Of course, he's a defenseman. So, but you know what? That's, that's the fun of the what if game. Of course, but we did make the right selection though. We got Stamkos the year before we did get Victor Henneman the year after. So it was just, it was just kind of an interesting take on to see, you know, obviously if they had to do all these drafts over where the players would go, but at the same time, that is based off the knowledge of how these players have performed since then. And, you know, you really can't take too much stock in that. Of course. I mean, we could sit here all day and discuss which moves the lightning could have made um, during their drafts, of course. But yeah, if you look at you know, let's just, for the sake of argument, let's stay on that 2009 draft. Let's go into the second round for a little bit. And, 
you know, of course, this might be a little uh, painful to some uh, Lightning fans who will probably be sitting and listening to this and be like, oh, man, we should have gotten this guy or why didn't we trade up or whatnot. So in the second round, the Lightning did not have a, a pick just because due to a trade with uh, the Detroit uh, Red Wings. Actually, they did. They um they, they traded down. Well, they had a, a pick from Philadelphia, and they ended up uh, drafting Richard Panic, who was a right winger from Slovakia. Uh, I'm not really – I don't know too much about Richard Panic, but here's just some of the notable names I'll go through real quick, and we'll discuss a little bit on, you know, who – well, I mean, at that point in the draft, the Lightning didn't really, they didn't, I mean, they had some some, some space to get some notable players, uh, like Dmitry Orlov, defenseman for the Capitals. Uh, they passed up on Thomas Tatar, uh, center for the Red Wings. So, I mean, they had those players available to them, but they didn't really have a lot of wiggle space. Of course, they had, like, if they if they would have kept their second-round draft pick they uh, early, early in the pick, um, Early in the round, they would have gotten a chance at Robin Leonard, um, who else? Uh, Jacob Silverberg, uh, who was drafted by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Alex Chason, who was drafted by the Stars at that point. Uh, Kyle Clifford by the Kings. Carl Klingberg by the Thrashers. And most notably, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, who was drafted by the a Avalanche. So those are just some of the names. And, and it's just one of those things where you can't really – like I, like I said just a couple of seconds ago, is that, you know, this is all based off the knowledge of how good these players are now. not, And you could only have speculated back then to how good they were going to be then. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, you could do this in any draft, in any sport, where you, you look at players that certain teams passed up on and you say, how come these guys, how come these teams passed up on these players? How could they possibly have done this? But at the same time, that's that's the fun about the redo drafts because you kind of look at the mistakes and kind of like what are the what ifs um, of if certain teams made certain uh, picks at certain times in the draft, how would that have shaped not only the franchise for years to come, but as well as the NHL and the leagues and the all. Oh, I mean, we could talk. We that could eventually f affect uh, future drafts just based on how the team's performance. You know, so that's some something to look. At look at uh well maybe we'll play that game a little bit more in the coming future but yeah it's one of those things is like if the if the lightning don't get stamkos then you would have to imagine eventually whether it's the next pick they would have to pass up on victor headman to get a score uh and then how would who knows maybe if with the addition of dowdy they would have played a little bit better and maybe hurt their draft position where maybe they wouldn't get the second overall pick maybe they would probably get maybe the eighth or ninth or something somewhere in that area to where you would have to would have to wonder, you know, who who would they be able to get or who would they be thinking about getting. So that's just one of the things I've I've uh you know you kind of have to come across and kind of take in mind as you're doing these things. So moving on. So one of the things that I've been seeing a little bit around and it, it I'm surprised it didn't occur to me, and I at least saw it in maybe one or two articles online. I saw it in the New York Post, and the thing that, I mean, it's all good and fun with the NHL planning, making plans about when returning, and of course, there's a lot of uncertainty because you don't know how things are going to be in the next couple of weeks with everything that's going on, but at the same time, of course, you just have to 
the, all the league can do right now is plan because if they don't plan when things start to get better and they don't have anything organized, then that's maybe what four weeks, maybe a month or two that they've lost uh, due to planning when they eventually have to start it. But the thing that occurred to me, and then I actually saw an article about it in the New York post was that a lot of people aren't realizing that with these leagues making plans to start their seasons, you know, whether it's the, whether it's major league baseball or eventually the NFL or even, you know, the NHL and the NBA is that regardless, you're going to have to test these players. Uh, you're going to have to test the personnel with the teams traveling with them. Even if you have them in isolated uh, towns or, you know, whether it is, whether it's the MLB all being in Arizona or whether it's the NHL with their plans of being possibly in North Dakota, that's, I don't know how, realistic or how set in stone that plan is yet maybe they're just throwing ideas against the wall and seeing what's going to stick but the issue and i think the thing that a lot of people don't realize yes we all want sports to come back so we have some sort of sense of normalcy or you know try and get things back to the way they were before but the thing that we don't realize is that these players are going to get need to get tested so they don't Therefore, if they do become exposed to the virus, they don't spread it to their teammates as well as their loved ones and so on. And the list goes on of people of who could potentially be exposed to it. But what you're doing with testing these players is that, unfortunately, and I don't mean to try and be a Debbie Downer or try and be negative about the whole situation. I want sports back as much as everybody else does. But you're taking away those tests that you could use towards people who really need them, who are in situations that, you know, are sick and whether it's hospitals or clinics or wherever, and you're taking those away and you're put giving essentially preferential treatment to these professional athletes. Now I could see how that could rub a lot of people the wrong way. I feel that in a time like this, when tests like that are very important and they're very valuable, I think that we shouldn't be taking X amount of tests away from hospitals or doctors or whomever may need them and give them to a group of people that of course, that are very good at a sport that make millions of dollars doing it just so we could be entertained by sports. But at the same time, I would argue that maybe sports is the thing that we all need right now to kind of get us out of this funk, kind of put us, all more in a positive attitude because of course what we all need right now is a distraction and part of the distraction of course is people like me in the podcast business coming to you bringing it 100 miles per hour every day and you know we're all into this together so it's it's kind of one of those i guess you want to be you want to be show goodwill to your fellow man by you know not really taking away those tests, but at the same time, maybe sports is the kind of thing that we all need right now. So it's just one of those things where, uh, um, and I spoke to a couple of other people about it and they, they kind of had the same feelings that they were a little bit conflicted about it. So, and it's one of those great, it's kind of one of those situations to where you could argue both cases for it. So, and now let's just move on from that and kind of also discuss a little bit more in depth. And I spoke about it last week, of course, on all the shows. And as always, if you haven't gotten a chance to, uh, you haven't gotten a chance to listen to those episodes, 
go ahead and, you know, go ahead and listen back. It really all eventually ties in together. I try to grab stuff from past episodes kind of so I could just refresh your memories and kind of show you how it all ties together. So the thing I spoke about a lot in death last week, and I'm curious what everybody's uh, opinion on this is, and a lot of people do have opinions on it, I'm sure, is the NHL possibly resuming the season in North Dakota. And like I said before, I'm not entirely sure how set in stone or concrete that idea is for the league. I don't know how much, if they really do want to, you know, resume the season in North Dakota. But that's not really what I'm really trying to focus on today. You know, obviously we could go more in depth as things kind of, you know, become more available and kind of are more uh, clear as to if they really want to do that or if that was just an idea that was being thrown around that was just released to the public. But what I really do want to speak about, and this this decision doesn't really have that much of an effect on the Tampa Bay Lightning just because they're, they're, they're second overall in the Eastern Conference and, you know, they're second in the in the Atlantic division. And of course we all want to see them possibly get a chance at catching up to the Bruins. But at the same time, just the way the two teams were playing, even if they didn't postpone the season, I didn't see a situation in which the lightning would try to, I mean, or well, they, I don't just the way the two teams were playing. I don't think the lightning would have caught up to Boston. I just think that just with the amount of games that were left and just how well Boston was playing, I think that, and also you could contribute with the, the amount of players that the lightning were missing. I just, you know, I don't see, I don't see them. I couldn't have seen the scenario in which they would have caught up to Boston, either won the division and the conference. So that was just something that, and I, and I mentioned that on a couple of episodes before the announcement came out that they were postponing the rest of the season. And the thing that was, was that, uh, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have even tried at that point to try. They just focused on getting ready for the playoffs. But what I'm trying to get it to now is the fact that, so if you go right into the playoffs when you resume the season, there's, I want to say maybe eight teams that you're kind of giving, kind of, kind of, I wouldn't say coming, giving the raw end of the deal to by, by doing that. And I'm not going to get in depth with which teams there are. I mean, we we're all aware as to what those teams are. And of course, if you played the season out, those teams could have, have, have possibly changed, you know, whether it was the wildcard teams or the teams that are in the hunt. I mean, it, it could have gone back and forth just because all those teams were so close. So, but what is it? What do you do about that? You know, what do you do to kind of compensate not only those teams, but those fan bases? Because of course, if the season kept going on, those, those spots could have easily have changed back and forth numerous times. So my little idea, and this isn't exactly a far out of the box idea. I'm sure a lot of people would have came up with this, but a way to compensate those teams and those fan bases for doing that, for not having the regular season is maybe extend the playoffs a little bit, maybe have kind of, kind of do what the MLB does with the wild card round, maybe have the top two teams in the hunt, um, play each other for a playing game to the playoffs. Um, I'm sure they could figure out a scenario with scheduling and then maybe do best of five in the first round of the playoffs just to kind of get things sped up. Um, I know it's not perfect. I know a lot of people aren't going to like the idea, but I think that I think it would also help 
uh, ratings in terms of getting viewers back into the game. Because I'm sure it's going to be a little sluggish for some hockey fans trying to get themselves back and back into the mood when uh, things resume. I don't know. Maybe who knows? Maybe that could be the case, or it's just going to be ridiculous ratings all around for all sports. We'll see. Um, we're we're, we'll see what happens when things start to really pick up, and they will. So let's let's not worry and let's not um, be upset that you know and be scared that things won't come back because they will eventually. Things will get better, and that's the thing that we really need to carry through this. So last week I spoke about the top three best seasons in Lightning history. I spoke about the 2017 season in which they lost. To in, in the conference finals to the Washington Capitals. I spoke about the 2014 season in which they lost the Stanley Cup finals and to the Chicago Blackhawks. And I spoke about the 2003-2004 season in which they captured their first cup win. And those are the top three, in my opinion, in Lightning history. I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans have their opinion and have maybe a different order. I'm sure a lot of us as lightning fans and followers would would mutually agree that the 2004 season in which they won their first cup is the best season in franchise history. I can't see another season in which they they you know that would be the first spot would be taken away and given to another season. But, you know, there's there's I'm sure there's some arguments to be made for that. But this I I was thinking to myself over the weekend, you know, I did three seasons. And there's 23 other seasons still out there to discuss. So this week, I'm kind of going to do a, and maybe for the follow for next week possibly as well, do kind of a honorable mention and maybe do an honorable mention per episode. So this week, I'm going to discuss the 2010-2011 season where they went 46-25-11 with 103 points. They finished second in the division. And... The interesting thing, which I didn't realize, was that it was their first playoff appearance since the 2006-2007 season. Uh, the Lightning, you know, it's one of those things where, especially going back and looking at the stats, a lot of these things, is that I didn't realize that was the case. It's just, for some reason, just, you know, when I think about the Lightning, right off the top of my head, their, their playoff appearances, it seems like they're always in the playoffs. Uh, no matter what their record is, somehow they just find a way to get into the playoffs. But Unfortunately, that wasn't the case since uh, between the 2006-2007 season and the 2009-2010 season. So, but they did finish fifth in the conference, and I actually do remember this. Uh, I do remember this, which was interesting. I do remember, which maybe it's just because it meant a little bit more to see them uh, dominate the Capitals as much as they did, but they, they, uh, finished, they went in the playoffs and they, they played a lot of very good teams. They played the Pittsburgh Penguins. They, they won that game that won that series in seven, uh, games. And then in the conference finals, conference semifinals, they swept the presence trophy winning Capitals. And I think that's what I remember most about that. Obviously that, that playoff run, they eventually would lose in the conference finals to the Bruins in seven games. who eventually went on to win the Stanley Cup against the Vancouver Canucks. But I think that Capital Series was a lot more special to me as a, as a Lightning follower and as a hockey fan, just because, like I said on uh, past episodes, that 
yeah, it's not always a good thing for the president to win the president's trophy. Yeah, you always want to be the best team during the regular season, but that's not the end goal for a lot of teams. The end goal, of course, is to raise Lord Stanley at the end of the season. And that was, I guess, the issue with the Capitals for the longest time up until they won their cup a couple of years ago. You would always see them win the president's trophy, but it never really amounted to anything just because they would always fall short in the playoffs. But coming, you know, from a team that finished fifth in the conference, second in the division, it was satisfying to see them still, you know, not only beat the President's Trophy winners, but sweep them in the fashion that they did. And it's never, I guess, the positive side you can take out of eventually losing to the Bruins in seven games is, and I'm sure a lot of people kind of have this this view on it, no matter what sport is. In my opinion, I feel like my if my team's in it, I always want them to lose to the eventual winner of the championship game or whether it's the Super Bowl, Stanley Cup Finals, the World Series, whatever sports, just name it and be the equivalent of their championship. So, yeah, you always want to lose to the champion to say to yourself, yeah, we fell short this year, but hey, we lost to the eventual best team in the league. So you look at it that way. And... The top scorer for the team that year was Marty St. Louis. He had 31 goals with 99 points, and his points were second in the NHL, which was very impressive, uh, which when I read back on that season and what it signifies for the Lightning going forward is that, unfortunately, if, if you know about the history of the Lightning and their players and what's about to happen to this team in the next couple of years in terms of some of the personnel changes, it's kind of a unfortunate thing where you see guys like Marty St. Louis, who is still playing very well up to this point. I mean, he has second, he has the second most points in the NHL, which is still pretty impressive, but this is basically the end of it's, it's the start. It's the beginning, I guess you could say, yeah, the beginning of the end of the Le Cavier, Marty St. Louis era in, in Tampa, which is, it's pretty, it's kind of sad, especially, you know, when you see saw both these guys growing up playing for the Lightning, they won a cup together, and to see kind of those two cornerstones of the franchise uh, in the back end of their careers somewhat, or starting to have in the back end of their careers. Obviously, at that point in time, not a lot of people realize what's about to come with Lecavier eventually uh, retiring, as well as as well as Marty St. Louis being traded to New York and then retiring. It's, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a sad thing, especially when, whether, like I said, the cornerstones of the franchise or if they were just your favorite players in, you know, in for that team. And so to have, you know, whenever you think about the Tampa Bay Lightning, you think about Vinny LeCavier and Marty St. Louis and what they did for this franchise and how great they were, uh, just St. Louis with his ability to score the big goals, as well as, you know, Vinny LeCavier, but it was also Vinny LeCavier's ability to create scoring chances, not only for himself, but for his teammates. You know, so it was just, it's one of those things where it was kind of a bittersweet moment where they were just so close to making the Stanley Cup finals and giving these guys maybe one last shot at winning a cup in a lightning uh, sweater. But of course, that's not the case. So it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, they had a good season. But the reason why I picked this is kind of an honorable mention slash uh, fourth greatest season all time is because of the significance of 
what is about to come in the coming seasons. And of course, like I just said, it's the beginning of the end for the LeCavier St. Louis uh, era in Tampa Bay. So thanks again to everybody who has been listening to the show while everything has been going on. And remember to like, subscribe, uh, and download. It really helps the show a lot. We really humbly ask you at Locked On Lightning to do that. We really appreciate all the support you guys have shown us uh, when the season was going on, as well as when everything's going on today uh, in today's world. So since you're done with this, go on to the any Locked On NHL channel when you're done listening to this. And they have a discussion yesterday about the Selkie Trophy uh, favorites and some of the dark horses that you, some of the guys that you may not have known uh, who might be in the running for the race. So that's been it for Locked On Lightning, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll be back tomorrow. See you.